This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. Pink suits with hats to match. Big crocodiles and Cadillacs. You looking for the fattest sacks. This is where it's at. Windows tinted. Seats for lyric line. Keep the hands on the burner. Cause niggas know that it's money on Yo, what up, though? It's your man, Jay Johnson, a.k.a. the tinfoil hat titan, a.k.a. the conspiracy realist, a.k.a. the technology snob, Steve Jobs Jr. Don't text me with your green bubbles, a.k.a. I only debate my equals, everybody else I teach, also known as Juice, because all the hoes say, J.U. Ice, young Caesar, because you know you can't roam without me. Mister, if you don't like me, fight me. I got kicked out of Noah's Ark because they couldn't find another animal just like me. A.K.A. the West Side T'Challa, the new leader of Wakanda. Don't debate me, debate your mama. I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. What up? What up, though? And it's your man Dame Gone Wild, the West Side Landlord, the pride of PA, high chief Dame Don't Fuck Around, the liquor store legend, the corner store conquistador, your mama's favorite Dame, and the David Ruffin of the Shop Talk Podcast because you know who the fuck they came to see. Not you, Otis. It's no better than these four letters. Let's go, man. Thank God for Dane. Welcome back. Shop Talk Podcast, episode 125. Yeah, 125. You sure? I'm fairly, I'm 98% sure. Okay, because I swore it was 124. Nope. I don't keep up with the count like that. Yeah, 124. Marlo got the count. (laughs) Keep the count. I was just watching The Wire earlier today at work because I didn't feel like working. Yeah. Yeah. such an underrated, sh- such a great show. Even though it's say, been gone, you about to say underrated? Nah, that's why I stopped. Uh, like it's such a great show, even though it's been gone for like what a decade now. About that. Plus, about that. About that. Uh, I mean, I love the fucking wire, dog. A lot of so I just found out some new shit about the wire. What's that? So everybody has an issue with season number two in the wire. They said that's where things like slowed down. They were talking about the docs and shit, right? Yeah. They had to rewrite season two because after the first season. Uh, the city of Baltimore, they public their tourist division or whatever said y'all making the city look bad, and they made them niggas do a rewrite. So they switched it from the drug shit to the docks. So that's why season two it didn't have a lot of the gang banging shit in there, and it kind of slowed down. Didn't know that. Yeah, still a good ass season though. I loved it. Yeah, I don't have no problems with shit that the wire did. Me either. Uh, how was your week, brother? Uh, week was all right, man. We coming fresh off of victory from Battle of the Sexes, three hundred and thirteen wins and zero losses. Yeah, we uh, we, we watched the ladies. We we predicted it was kind of shaky for a minute. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> it was over. Shout out to my homeboy Ivan for pulling out the the victory at the end. Man, shout out to everybody who came out, man. Um, I really appreciate y'all. This is my third time hosting, and this is my third time winning because I don't. Take it was a nice turnout. A lot of a lot of nice ladies out there. Facts. We need the fellas like really to show up in the future because yeah, because yeah, y'all tripping. Like there were beautiful women in the building yeah. all night long. Towards the end, everybody it was filled out. Yeah. I think they had a good time because the women were very. It was a very heated discussion. The women were heated as a motherfucker, which means they got their money worth. Because huh? they if right quiet and like you know, if they came like, to see us, they got their money's worth. Well, you know how that go. Had a fresh cut. Yeah, they they came to see us, so they got their money's worth. So, anything else going on this week? Uh, nah. You you keep up with the NBA? Started the NBA season? 
Yeah, I did, man. But look, I got to tell you about some shit that happened this week, man. Well, um, Is it more important than the start of the NBA? Fuck the NBA. Uh, yes. <laughs> what, what the fuck the league ever do to you? I don't really mean, like, fuck the NBA. But look, man, shit kind of fucked my week up, starting, like, last Saturday and shit. So, last Saturday night, I get an email notification. And I look at my email, and it says that my mother has tagged me in a picture on Facebook. Oh, Right. Okay. And I'm like, my heart instantly dropped. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Because, you know, my somebody mom. Somebody hacked her Instagram? Somebody I mean, hacked, her Facebook? Somebody hacked her Facebook and shit. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, God bless her. God bless it. God bless her. Before she, she didn't even use this shit. I think she set up an account like maybe 2008, 2009 and shit. So, somebody hacked her shit. And start posting ads for Ray-Bans and shit. Oh, no. And, like, tagged everybody who was on her list. No, no. Which is all friends. It's all family. Yeah. Like, she don't have nobody, you know what I'm saying, other whatever. So, like, that was just a little, I'm out to dinner. Still to get that alert. I'm out to dinner and shit, you know what I'm saying. About to about to eat, and I look down at my phone, and I'm like, what the fuck? So, I reached out to, uh, my brother was pissed. My cousin texted me. My brother texted me and shit. He pissed. I'm like, chill. I'll take care of it. I reached out to to Facebook the next day and um they uh memorialized the account. Okay. Um so no one can go no one can access the account any longer or whatever. I was gonna have them delete it but like people got pictures and stuff posted with her yeah. tag. Like you can go back and, and remember. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So when they memorialize the account now they put remembering in front of the name and they just got some little words, man. But that 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 really Irritated the fuck out of me. Fuck. You know what I'm saying? Because there's some shit you don't. I was like, what? Yeah. You yeah, know what I'm saying? You. Like, it'll do. It'll do something to you. Yeah. So that 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 kind of threw the beginning of my week off, man. And then like, um, what was that Thursday or yesterday? Yeah, Thursday. Uh, yesterday. Yeah, I get a phone call from Netta while I'm at work. I'm like, whenever Netta called me, it's never good news. You know what I'm saying? She just can't call and check on you? Depending on what time, I don't know. I just got the alert. I feel you. Like you, know you, you get certain call like when the school when I see the number from the school pop up and it's like one o'clock in the afternoon, I know my youngin been in there scrapping. I'm like, it's in the daytime. It's like it's like ten, eleven o'clock. I'm like, she at work. Like she know I'm at work, like this ain't the hey, what's popping? Yeah. Call and shit. So she's like, um, I'm calling with bad news. So I'm like, like now what the fuck? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and unfortunately, uh, my cousin was killed on Wednesday night. Oh, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, man. He was, uh, you know, he was killed on Wednesday night. and uh, Here in the city? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the city. Uh, no key, not too far from me, to be perfectly honest. Not too far from me or whatever. But um, I didn't really have all the details or whatever. And some of the family, maybe they said they seen it on the news. So I went and looking at different articles and shit. And there was two different articles about some pe- persons that kind of fit the description in the age that got killed. One person got killed by the police, and it was another story. Turned out being a ladder man, but it's just been. It's a tough week, man. One of those weeks, I'm like, damn, man. Like, I feel it's you. It's weird shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, prayers up, man. That's right. that's that's, that's start terrible. To, that start you... the podcast on a very somber note, but look, <sighs> things happen. Yeah, man. But I mean, you still above ground. Facts. Any day above ground is better than one under. So yeah. And, but we have to throw some prayers up for the family, man. That's tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
We'll make it through. Yeah. That's how we always do. Okay. I don't know where to go after that, man. You... Shout out, to the, shout out to the business. What do you do after that? Bring shout you some Hennessy. Yeah, Bring you right. a shot. Right, man. We got a special guest in the building today. Please introduce yourself, my brother. What up, though? Marv Neal. Words up, stylist to the stars and the regular folk. Okay. Yeah. All right, man. We're lightening up, man. What were you saying about the NBA earlier, dog? <laughs> so, one thing I wanted to bring up. Did you see the Lakers had their first home game? Oh, fuck yes. And did you see... Yes, I couldn't wait to talk about this. Did you see Rondo... <laughs> Spit on Chris Paul. I'd have killed that nigga. Dog. All the smoke. Yeah. Listen, killed. dog. So <laughs> I'm mad that we went with so this what happened was Saturday night. Yeah. And like we record on Friday. Friday. So I'm like, nigga, by the time this shit, I'm like, everybody's talked about this shit. But spitting on somebody is rele- is is relevant any day of the week. Well, how'd you feel about the whole situation? I felt like Chris Paul probably got a whole lot of bitch inside his body. Yeah. Because I don't care. Like when I, when he kept saying like he spit on me, he spit on me. I'm thinking like, you know that that's just your excuse for mushing the nigga. Facts. Then when they finally like showed the up close, and it was like three spits. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yo, yeah. yo, what you would you would have lost me for forty games. Yeah. Bar, what you think? <sighs> I'm, I'm just with the shits. Period. Facts. So. It would have been over with the first time I would have felt the spit because I know we this close. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I would have knew that you was doing it Spitting is so fucking disrespectful. It is. You shout, know. Shout out to Muddy from Ball Brother Radio. Uh, we One of the first nights I met them, you know what I'm saying, uh, we went out to St. Andrews. And, and Fred was there. And Loki, this whole thing was Fred for it, by the way. Okay. Uh, I don't know what happened, but a nigga walked through and was talking and Fred... Mike was like, it's a whole lot of room out here, cuz. And like, cause he walked directly through our circle and shit. So yeah. my man came back with like the team and shit. And um he spit. On somebody? He spit at Mike's direction and shit. You know that's what I'm enough. saying? Like he, yeah. he, he <laughs> yeah. that's enough. Like he spit at him. And then Mike That's a sign of aggression. Yeah, that's that means you come here. It's like Mike <laughs> one right. of the, yeah. Mike one of the homies I know if we out, like he's down to scrap. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? From that first night, because every time we ever went to St. Andrews, we ended up getting into a fight. But, like, from that point. That was, like, early 2000s St. Andrews. It was a and different even, venue. And yeah. I didn't even know them like that. You know what I'm saying? But, like, once you go out with people yeah. and some shit go down. It goes down. We together. Shit, yeah, we down. yeah, we together. Fucking Whether bro. we win or lose, whatever. You know? Yeah, fucking brawl went down. Shout out to Muddy for putting in work. Everybody got a little, <laughs> everybody got a little dirty. But, you know, everything was cool. But, look, so. I thought always I don't like Chris Paul like that. I think he I think he he gets he overrated. I yeah, think he's, he's never a, won shit. He don't I, he don't get the criticism. <laughs> he's not a winner. No. He's been in the league for it seemed for like forever. Time. Yeah. Since like what? 2003? Yeah, least. 10 plus. Yeah. He got 10 plus in the league. He don't ever get it. So like I thought he I thought Rondo socked the shit out of him cuz he was a hoe. Yeah. And but he let him do it. Yeah. So and he I, squared up on him with the left. Yeah. Caught him clean on the chin yeah. with the left. And I didn't think he got spit on until I seen, like, a day later that super slow motion. Yeah. But Ron, did y'all hear Rondo what he said? He was like, listen, I didn't spit on a nigga. Like, I didn't uh, mean to spit on a nigga. And nigga said I was loosening up my um, my mouthpiece or whatever, and I was tired. So when I I breathed, I, bro, I, I breathed real hard and the spit came out, he's like, if I would have spit in somebody's face, I'd have knuckled up because I figure something's going to happen. He was just like casually like, 
looking to the side. I'm like, well, that do make sense because if I spit in the nigga face, I'm going to expect some shit coming back. Yeah. And Chris Prawl didn't react like a nigga who got spit on intentionally. Yeah. He just was like. Yeah, like, well, he was trying to be technical because he played in the game. Yeah. So but, you, you, you know, when you're from the hood, you know when somebody's trying to do something to you. But nigga spit in your face, all you got is a finger to the face? Yeah. Like, you better not do that <laughs> yeah. no more, buddy. <laughs> fuck out of here, dog. Yeah, fuck nah. that. Nah. Mm, just wouldn't fly for me. It wouldn't flew for me either. I had a problem with LeBron too after this situation. Oh, with yeah. LeBron like calling, getting yeah, him about like, it there. Like, I didn't want like LeBron to fight Chris Paul and no shit like that. But like, when some shit happened with your team, once it's broke up, go with your team. Yeah, man. yeah. Get your team. Like, why is you? I, I get it. Y'all friends. Y'all yeah. off the court. Y'all friends. You is godson or whatever the fuck, godparent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Nigga, go with your team. Yeah, talk to him later. Cause you got to now. You the leader of a new young niggas who clearly mm-hmm. down the scrap. Yeah. Right. They for the shit. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like they gonna go into the in the locker room and respect you? Yeah. Like, nigga, we out here scrapping where you at, fam. Yeah. But but you know, I've always had an issue that like these younger dudes or the the younger generation is different. The spirit of competition is different because they play ball together all year long. They they playing AAU together, they homies, they they playing in the off season. They going to the same high school. Like you don't have them same rivalries in the NBA no more. Well, see, I, this is why I don't know because I was listening to Kobe talk yesterday, and he was like, him and Vince Carter played at AAU together. They played together, and Vince Carter was. But were you talking still an older generation of players? Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is the McDonald's All American Game and AAU has been there already, and well, they they played together. But he said when he got to the league. He wanted to beat him. Like that's some shit that's intrinsically in you. Yeah. To be a competitor and be and be fierce and shit. Yeah, because you're not on my team. Yeah. Like I swim swim competitively and I had boys at King and at Cass, but I swim fly. I'm whooping your ass. Facts. You see what I'm saying? Like it ain't nothing else to it. But when we after we leave here, we can do whatever. You see what I'm mean, saying? But some of the most Physical games of basketball I ever played didn't play with my brother or my best friends or family members. Like, nigga, we going at it. Yeah, until it's, it's over with, yeah. it's back to normal. But I feel like th- these kids don't grow up with that same spirit of competition. No, Everybody gets a participation trophy. Yeah. We're all friends <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day. Nah. The score doesn't matter. Is that we you played a hard-ass game. Nah. Hey, bro, man, listen. I agree, right, to an extent. But participation trophy was always, got, was always there. Everybody who paid their money got a fucking trophy, even back in the day. Even Barton Mikowski, I played it, what, from 91 to, like, 94 or some shit? Everybody got a fucking trophy. Now, no one cared about them shits. Yeah. You didn't want that little one. But like no, they, you want MVP. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what you, you want. You want first place. I want the, right. I want yeah. the big one. Them offensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year. That's what the ones you want. I think them niggas look at the Rockets like, y'all some hoes. Yeah. Because it really wasn't a big of a deal, but um, – Harden gave the nigga like a little extra, extra arm, mm-hmm. and he turned to look at the nigga. Who was the nigga that came running and, and fired on him? That's Brandon Ingram. Brandon oh, Ingram, yeah. who technically started all, well, not started. They him, they got wrapped up, and he looked over at the nigga and like he was gonna say fuck it, but then he was like, man, fuck this nigga, and went <laughs> yeah. and pushed him, and you know all that shit start. I mean, this first game, this in front of your home crowd, you gotta set, you gotta set the tone for the season that you're not gonna come in the Staples Center. And play us like no hoes. I, re- I, I say this again. LeBron, you can't convince me that nigga ever got into a fist fight before, dog. Nah, probably not. Probably I, not. He just don't. He just he don't strike me as that type. No. Nah. And the niggas in the locker room probably looking at nigga like, you pussy. Yeah. Do you think anybody in the NBA right now 
Well, I think there's niggas in the league that'll probably fire on LeBron. They just won't get the chance. A whole bunch of niggas will fire on LeBron. They just won't get the chance. Yeah. Why not? Because he's so pro- he's like a protected face of the league. Like, you're not going to beat LeBron ass I mean, on the NBA I mean, floor. I mean, when you're on the floor, you can. Kobe got socked two-piece on the floor. Yeah, he did. They over Kobe. <laughs> but that was, that was before Kobe was, like, the face of the league. Nigga Jordan then got – Jordan. You ain't never seen a nigga, like, fuck up MJ. Well, Jordan, uh, Jordan, uh, Reggie Miller got into a scrap. Yeah, they yeah. got into a little scuffle. I remember that. Charles yeah. Barkley and Shaq got Charles into a scrap. Charles always was getting into it with everybody. He was yeah. a bad boy. Yeah, Shaq yeah. threw the ba- the basketball. But that was like a di- like when I'm be saying that's like a different generation of the yeah. league. Like where niggas was tough. There was enforcers yeah, on every was real team. Real men. You know what I'm saying? It was just like you know a what, game. You know what's wild? I, I don't look at these new. Like I don't see no stars with these new dudes. Like I don't really watch it because I don't. You know, it used to be razzle-dazzle. It ain't, you know what I'm saying? It ain't no no funk no more to me. It's yeah. just like a whole bunch of little young dudes with nappy hair. I kind of think I know why I don't be into the NBA as much as I used to. Yo, my, my old dude used to tell me, he said, once you start becoming older than the players, Facts. you ain't going to care as much no more. Like, these yeah. niggas, like, y'all younger than me. Like, yeah, y'all, came, y- y'all came into the league or y'all got out of high school after I was an adult. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like you I could be your me. daddy, really. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, Shit, I'm at my age. 36. I'll be 37 in a few months. Yeah, I'll be, like, yeah, be 38 on Thanksgiving. So, so it's hard so. for you to care about them yeah. when they when they kids to you. Yeah, yeah they, they kids. Yeah, dog. Shout out to the Pistons 4 0, though. Yeah. They showed out like, the other night against uh, fucking Philly. Now, we when, vote, when buffed up Blake had 50. We 4 0, <laughs> but <laughs> the combined Blake. wins of all of our, our the combined points is like eight. They been close games. Nah. But we, I t- a win is a win. It. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. A win is a win. And these niggas got a chance to come out to, to make it to the playoffs this year. Because the East, besides Boston and fucking Toronto, the East is wide open. It is. So hopefully my Pistons make it to the playoffs. Make Detroit good again. I'm with it. What else happened this week? I feel like something else popped off. Man. So earlier uh, today, I was on Twitter and I was uh I started some tweets and I ended up deleting it. And I was like, I'll just wait to the podcast because it'll probably come off better in audio. Have y'all seen the video of? Um, it's unfortunate I even got to talk about it, but this video of the young black girl saying that she she's white. She's oh yeah, I seen that. Yeah. like that. Like, stop sending that shit around, dog. Like, stop reposting it. Stop talking about it. Stop it. Like, why are you out here doing the devil's work, dog? <laughs> yeah, like, that like, baby brainwashed, man. Like, she... And it's fake. It's not real. It, it didn't seem real in 2018. It just seemed like Amari breakup. You know, like how they showed Amari clipping. You know, it just seemed kind of like. I, I, I don't believe it. And it's like. The most fucked up shit I've ever seen, like done to black people, said about black people, or surrounding black people, I've seen posted by another black person. Yeah, like stop doing the devil's fucking work, dog. People want the likes, man. They yeah, they want think the likes. It's funny. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It's, people think everything is everything fucking is funny. funny. Like I'm the type of person I laugh at the wrongest, the you know, the most wrong shit in the world. But it's just certain things that I'm not gonna feed into. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like. Like, I seen that shit, but I, I didn't even comment on nobody's stuff or even post it. It'd be a lot of stuff, like, I got a, you know, a, a following, but it's just, like, certain shit I'm just not going to say. You know what I'm saying? Or not bring up. Facts. Because it's just, like, for what? You know, everybody else talking about it. Well, I got to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wait and go in shade room and make a comment. Like, you know? We, be we, like, no. We be so reactive, dog. Mm-hmm. As soon as somebody do something, hey, look, everybody. Yeah. Somebody white said something negative to me. Yeah. 
let me let me make more other people be offended by it. like I understand there's a balance between one to inform what's going out in the world and you just doing this shit that you be doing like no nah, dog just keep some of that shit to yourself man cuz you're not helping nobody you hurting you are putting negative energy out it's just that the fact that social media gives everybody a voice it do it gives everybody the ability to be seen and some people just won't just want to ride the wave with the next the next thing. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. If it's positive, negative, like I I got in front of it. I'm part of it. I I gave my opinion. Yeah. And a lot of times your opinion your opinion ain't worth shit and is not important. Yeah. At all. Because it's just that. It's like sometimes you keep that shit to yourself. Yeah. Uh, man, I got this quote that was on opinions and shit, dog. Um, I don't know if I still got it. Uh, A quote about opinions. It basically said, "Look, man." Everybody is entitled to an opinion, but everybody's opinion isn't backed up by experience, backed up by hard work and dedication and stuff like that. Yes, you can have an opinion, but your opinion don't have no value behind it. Right. So, yes, you got one, but it don't mean shit to nobody. Like, it would mean – so if I come in this bitch and I want to talk about fall fashion for 2019 or some shit, Mm -hmm. I can have an opinion about it. But my opinion is probably going to be a little bit more important than mine. Right. Yeah, but but I'm not going – I'm the type of person – I'm not going to shoot down what you're saying just because I'm who I am. You know what I'm saying? Or vice versa. You might be versed in something I might not really know too much about. You know what I'm saying? But that's what you – you know, that's your shit. No, nah, I'd rather take your opinion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I, you, mean I, I mean, I appreciate yeah. that. You I gotta, respect that. But I'm just saying it, it could be no different than whatever it is that you do. I might have an opinion on it, but it don't mean that what I'm saying is wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, Fact. I'm not going to try to argue about it. If you, I know you work on cars, and that's what you do. I ain't about to be trying to argue with you about carburetors. I don't know about that shit. Yeah, I feel Because, like, you be talking about carburetors using facts, and I'm using emotion. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? My emotion, that shit sounds fucking great. Yeah, yeah. But you the got fact facts. Is, yeah, and that's, and you, how, that's how I usually go with me with fashion talk. And you know what? Just on a, a whole other subject, I, you mentioned it, I think, not last week's episode, but the week before. Like, we was having a conversation. I said I was just good for hot takes. I was shitting on I was shitting on Nas in our personal conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's not the prophet, and he's not who he All said right, he was. I'm, we're not going to do it this week. Please. We're not going to do it this week. But I'm going to come back to you with facts. Well, why, we, why Nas let us all down. Well, we tried to do this shit before, and you lost convincingly. Not, not about Nas. It was Nas versus Jay-Z. And was we, it? We brought yeah, it was. And you lost horribly. Still, so not. you like Jay-Z? And you like I, Nas. I love Nas. I don't want. I don't want to get it misconstrued. Mm-hmm. Nas is one of my favorite MCs. He's yes. lying. So he. So who do you like? I like both, but he be so disrespectful with his words mm-hmm. sometimes. Like well, Nas got one good album. He, he'll just say some so wild what's your, shit. What's your favorite Nas album? Oh man, probably Illmatic. Illmatic, yeah. the first album. Yeah, the very first. One. See, I didn't really listen to that album. I'm old enough to when it came out. I remember it coming out. Yeah, but I didn't really become a Nas fan until. The second album, the first album was so so much boom bap that it was like, yeah, it's boom bap, and I like this shit because I was so a New York head, but it was sounding too boot camp clickish. You know, it was a little, you know, um, um, what's the dude, the white dudes, third third base in them. It was it was yeah. real main sourcey. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so it was kind of yeah, MC searching them. So who had a lot to do with that? Part? I mean, yeah, they found them. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But it was just like he had so much. Shit that it was like, yeah, that's cool. He ain't really got no singles. You know, the first album wasn't really single yeah. to me. Ten yeah. songs. Yeah. Like, we gonna boom, boom, boom. Yeah. All yeah. I'm just saying is that for Nas' pin game to be as impeccable as it is, he should be head and shoulders 
above the rappers of his of his and he is. generation. He is. Not like, a Jay. We went. Not through, a Jay. We but went, Jay is commercial. Like more commercial. Like we went. We said I don't know if this was on camera or not, but we sent down and was like, how many classic albums do Jay Z have? Not like albums that you like, but like certified, universal. Everybody like, can say classic. Classic. And then we said, how many does Nas have? And then you said like two or three. I said three or four, and you said like four or five for Jay. So let's just say both of our highest numbers. It's five for Jay, four for Nas. You can't tell me another rapper in this generation who got four classic albums. So who beat who won between the battle? I think I think Jay and his argument probably won. No. No. Oh, you're talking about with Ether and uh I don't care what people say Takeover is better than no, Ether. No. Takeover is better than so Ether. So this is the classic no, example no. of like niggas with emotion. <laughs> yeah, that's <even> arguing with <laughs> <laughs> facts. He you know? <laughs> he annihilated Jay. And even Jay was kind of like I don't want to say, <laughs> but uh, he whooped my ass. But that's what happens when you go first on somebody. Yeah, you know, yeah. you go first on somebody, you you give them time to you know to get ammo on you. And then like Jay had a chance to respond, but the response was whack. That's what lost in the battle. Yeah, like so I struck first with takeover. Boom! I thought it was a rap for Nas. Nas come back with Ether. Jay come back with Super Ugly. You lose. Yeah, but see, you 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 lose because. Your motive the whole time is about a bitch. So you're never going to win when you put pushing into play in it. Nah, you, you always lose. You and always lose. That's why Jay lost. And because it, it was about his baby mama. And it wasn't even about nothing. Like, you yeah. didn't have a reason to beef with that man other than you wanting the number one spot. And he said that. Like, I, Well, I, it's, it's, I, it's, 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 it's being jealous because you already, what more do you want from me, nigga? You mad because I won't do a song with you? Facts. You fucking my baby mama? Go fuck her. You know what I'm saying? Leave me out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, what else do you, what are you mad at me I about? I said we weren't going to do this tonight. I said we weren't going to do this tonight. I mean, I'm just saying. I, ain't, I mean, you know, I'm a hip-hop head, so it's like, hey, yeah. you know, I, I, me and I my mean, cousins have this argument all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know is, what I'm this, saying? Is a, this is a barbershop argument yeah. that will never die. I mean, that's, never I die. mean, that's just real. Like, if if I know I'm trying to fuck with your baby mama, um, or I'm fucking your baby mama, and I'm skeeting on your baby seat and all this shit that you I know you know to make whatever, but there's no reason for me to come at you for no reason when we ain't really had because I'm not addressing you the way you want me to address you. I already know you fucking my baby mama. My brothers and them heard about it and told me about it. Yeah. So what else do you want me to say to you, nigga? I mean, other than you must want to fight. You want to fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, you must want to fight me. Yeah. You want to be me so fucking Yeah, bad. I mean, what you want to have a swore fight and see who dick bigger? You know what I'm saying? Nigga, beat it. You been on my dick, nigga. You love my style. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, that's why I love that shit. Like, oh, yeah, nigga. man. Nigga, beat it. So listen, man, I'm glad you said you're a hip-hop head because I forgot to introduce this segment. It's a new segment I want to work on, man. So you know every week I do my Whose Mans Is This? What I, I give somebody this Who Mans Is This Award. But I want to do a segment called Who Bars Is This? Okay. And I'm going to just – and I, this is what I want y'all to do. I'm going to say some bars on here, just a couple lines or whatever, and I want y'all listening to post it up, who what you think it is, post it up, hashtag Shop Talk Podcast, hashtag who bars is these? And um, is that is that gonna be the hashtag? Whose bars is these? Yeah. Okay. Whose bars, Who's bars is these? Spell and, it out. I mean, whose nigga? Like, <laughs> <laughs> this should not be that difficult who's. for you. You know what I'm saying? Whose bars is these? Hashtag, hashtag shop talk podcast too. You know what I'm saying? Or um, no, nah, that's too. It's a lot. Ask the shop. 
hashtag ask the shop at hashtag who bars is these and um this the first one okay yeah. Are you ready? I mean, I'm ready. Are we supposed to tell who it no, is? No, y'all don't say it. Oh, okay, so, so I want them right. to post it. You know what I'm saying? And then like, uh, we'll shout out whoever got the shit right. We got to explain that. this game better as the weeks go on. I mean, it's very simple. I'm gonna say some shit. You're gonna guess who it is. You're gonna post it and put a hashtag on it. That's it. Do they get a prize? We gonna shout them out and then do whoever. Yes, I got a prize for somebody coming at the end of the year. Okay, got some merch and shit. For, for, for oh yeah, yeah, we you got merch coming up. <sighs> You ain't ringing a bell. You ain't busting the grape. You ain't imitating me on this fucking tape. That's it. Okay. Artist and song. Whose bars is these? Whose bars is these? Okay, fair enough. All right. Fair enough. Is that all we got for the week? Yeah, man. All right, so we're going to get into our guest, the esteemed Marv Neal. <laughs> it's been it. a minute because we've been talking back and forth on Instagram. Right, so right. We finally made the connection last week at the Battle of the Sexes. Right. I saw you there. I was like, bet this would be the chance we can kind of chop it up mm-hmm. and make things happen. So, Marv, tell me a little bit about your journey into fashion. Have you always been, like, the fresh nigga coming up? Yeah. I mean, I can't lie. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. Um, I, well, I, right, right. My, uh, my mother and father had me young. They had me at uh, 14. Okay. So I'm the real 80s baby. I was born in 1980. My mother and father was 14 and 15. So, I mean, she had to grow up kind of quick because my grandmother wasn't having it. And um, my grandmother kept all of them kind of fresh. So it just was a passed down thing where I come from a line of seamstress okay. and tailors. Um, most of the men know how to sew or dress fresh or dress nice, always had gabardine slacks and stuff. And then my grandmothers and them was always sharp, too. And my mothers and them, they always, their friends wore their clothes and wanted to always wear their stuff. And then it trickled down to me. You know, my homeboys always wanted to wear whatever I was wearing or wanted to go shopping where I was going. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, you said that you, uh, you know, you had your homies at King and Cass. Mm-hmm. What, what high school was you I went to Northern. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I went to Northern. So, right you got to be around our age in 98? Yeah, I'm a 98. Okay. Yep, okay. I just had my 20-year reunion. Nice, yeah, nice. Wow, dog. Hey, funny? man, mine next year. Yeah. Oh, you're 99? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mine coming out next year. Yeah, yeah. I we all the same age. Now. Yeah, we yeah. all around the same circle. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was, when I first I started this gig and this lady told me she was going to her 20th and I look, and like she just looked so old to me. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm thinking like, damn, do I look like the, do no, I look No, we old? don't look like that. We look, it's a younger generation. Like everybody that was at my reunion was, they look good. Like coming to a couple of girls was a little chunky. Yeah. But, you know, the dudes, the men look better, no, you know, no homo. The men look better than the chicks. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how, if that's a good thing, but the, the men kept themselves up yeah, more. Yeah. The women kind of, you know, they, they hey, taking life. Thick at 17 is a recipe for fat at 38. There you go. I mean, you know, I'm just yeah, saying, I'm there. just going to say it. Then you yeah. know the whole caring ch- children and shit like yeah. that. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard it's for hard. them. I'm it's sure. hard for them. <laughs> <laughs> Birth in the nation and shit. Yeah, right. it's, <laughs> it's difficult, but I mean. You know that twenty year coming up. Yeah, it's supposed to start about two years ago. <laughs> lifetime, lifetime still open. Like the, <laughs> it, it was a couple. You know, it was about five of them that was that still kind of like such as such cold. Man, you know, you it was know. wild though, dog. Like nigga, you been cold for thirty years. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like it's a couple of them still out it's there. It's a couple of them still out there. Like you don't even know how the world really works when you've been fine your whole life. Like people don't react to you the same no, way. No, they, they don't. don't. <laughs> you don't. You don't even recognize the the pretty girl privilege mm-hmm. or the the jock privilege or whatever yeah. privilege that you got. Because like everybody still opens and, your and door. And it's, it's a privilege because I won class fly, 
but I didn't win best dress at school. The guy that won, shout out to my my boy Lo. He from the same hood. We our neighborhood. I'm from the North End. Everybody keep themselves up. The men and the women always. We always was at the mall. Everybody always wanted to be fly, and it was kind of generational for us to wanna who gonna win best dress. You know, whatever year. Yeah. But he won. He had more Jordans than me. Okay. I was more like Gucci loafer. You know. So you probably won, but like niggas didn't know that, that was. They cool. didn't know what I was wearing. You yeah. know, I was wearing Dolce and Gabbana polos, and you know, high. I was real high end before it was high end. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, it was kind of like too casual and too like this nigga got an iceberg. What is iceberg? You know, uh-huh. like way before people was really wearing iceberg. You got yeah. Moschino on. What the fuck is Moschino? But you know, again, I was listening to hip hop, so I knew what to get. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, you know, I. I that I think it does because it's just they automatically expect me to be fresh and I could be bummy to me and to them. They like, nigga, you still fresh. And I'm like, this ain't shit. Man, that's wild. Like, I'm going to go to, you said I got family in Tennessee. Okay. And like, we'll go, you know what I'm saying, go to Walmart before Walmart was here and shit. Like, we just get dressed. They were like, where y'all, where y'all about to go? Like, outside. Shit, yeah. I don't know. Like, why y'all dressed up? Like these are regular clothes, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like for certain cultures and certain mm-hmm. certain areas, they just. But like, Detroit is just we automatically that. Yeah, you know, like even the people that that act like they not into fashion, yeah. still you automatically into it. Like the, the manliest man, your grandfather still may be like, well, I got to go to church on Sunday. I'm gonna put on my good suit. Yeah, yeah. you want to you, know? you want to look good when you step out because you, you don't want to you don't want people to see you half step. Yeah, yeah, we are we are Detroit is a culture that we gonna look good first. Before we pay whatever bills or whatever. Oh, for sure. So I think fashion is super cultural, right? Mm-hmm. And people tell you what to wear. So you know, Detroit has a culture and how we look. Yeah. I I don't think that uh, we get enough respect. We for, don't for Detroit having a certain flavor. We don't. I mean, we got the taglines from the Cardis and shit like mm-hmm. that, but like. And we almost look at it like, oh, this nigga look like a Detroit nigga. But, like, that's okay. Yeah, to it's, it's certain, cool. It's okay. It's cool. Like, it's all right to have a if – your, if your city and your culture has a certain look, it's okay to do that. Yeah. And, I, and I think we – like how you mentioned it kind of come from when you come up young. I knew that, like, when I went to prom, I need to wear some big blocks. Yeah, yeah. You knew that. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it was – Nobody could tell me nothing yeah, different. Yeah, like I'm going to Mr. Allen's, yeah, yeah, and I'm getting some big yeah, blocks. I got to go to the Broadway somewhere. And get yeah. yeah, when we coming up, we know the feelers with the, the different colors with the little thing that hang mm-hmm. hanging in the back. Like that was it. Yeah, it wasn't no rapper that came out to say where this shit. Nah. It was like probably your local dope boy. Yeah, your dope. Yeah. It or, was your dope boy or, or your older cousin. Old, yeah, older cousin. Uh-huh. Your older shit. cousin got it from the dope boy. Hey, you yeah. seen your old, your older or brother? Or he was the dope boy. True. Yeah, that. you know what I'm saying. That, that, that's how it was with me. My, by my mother having me so young, her her and my father wasn't together after I was six months. But the guy that she was with after I turned five, they was together from me being five to 15. And he was a young guy, too. So I used to see how him and his dudes used to be. But it started being funny because he started wanting to wear my clothes. Hmm. And he was a street dude. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It was kind of like, damn, this nigga go to the mall and come back with and I was a bigger guy, so he could fit my clothes, even though he wasn't big. You know what I'm saying? It was just a, a funny oxymoron, but that's just how it was. It's just always been, with me, fashion has always been first. Like, everybody be playing basketball, flip my mattress, I'd be looking like, I ain't doing that shit. I got my feet of flip-flops on and my socks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I got my shit on. I'm, you know, literally like Mitchell. Like, yeah, dog, I don't, don't nobody sweat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we, I don't do that shit. So it's, it, it's, it's for real. 
Man, I like fashion and all, man. It just irritates me somehow sometimes because like I know y'all not wearing this shit because you think it's cool because yeah. you like it. It's like a, a popularity contest. Somebody yeah. who's cooler than you told you what to wear. And like them Balenciaga shoes is ugly. Yo, them I don't give trash. a fuck. Man. I don't give a trash. fuck. I don't give a fuck who you are. Like I I'll be shopping for so many different people. And it, back to what you said about Detroit having a style. I get asked all the time, why am I still here? Because I do the the fashion on such a higher level. And I could be gone, but I just feel like, why can't I be what Aretha Franklin or whoever that's the person here that's from here? If you need me to come to New York, then I come there, work, and then bring my ass back home. If, if New York got a Dapper Dan, Detroit got a Marvin. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but and I and I understand and I like that, but you know, the people don't understand. They don't respect it. You know what I'm saying? There's many people that I don't work with here, the many stars that I work that don't even live here. The people don't really, to me, they don't respect it. You know what I'm saying? To where they like, well, we can't do this project without having him here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I shouldn't have to go to L.A. and you see me on some loving hip-hop shit for you to be like, oh, now we got to work with him. Now I'm going to be like, I don't want to work with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that kind of shit. So You got to tax their ass. Yeah, but you know, it's just the fact that that's a problem with Detroit people, too. We don't respect shit until somebody else say it. You know what I'm saying? We didn't respect Eminem until he went with Drake. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When he'd been here rapping forever, the hip hop would shop or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's just that I see that that's how it go. You know, you can be the shit here and you go out of town, somebody else see you the shit. They see you with Master P, somebody else say, and then now it's like, oh, he the shit. It's like she, he or she been the shit. You know what I'm saying? So I just think with Detroiters, we have to, we have to do shit like this. Y'all talk or, you know, podcast or whatever, YouTube, whatever it is, to let people know that we do got the talent here. Yeah, definitely. You know definitely. what I'm saying? We got the talent here. People need to be recognized because, you know, people don't be recognizing what people do. And I see a lot of different uh, people out there rocking the other people from out of, out, not from the city, rocking the yays and doing different shit. Yeah, like, now. fam, that's, that's, that's our, our shit. That's our shit. You know what I'm saying? Say something to Or these. even, uh, you would see a nigga with a Detroit cap and you'd be like, that nigga from here. You know what I'm saying? Like, dog, what you do with that on? You know what I'm saying? Like, for, for, for a hot second, this was the Detroit starter kit. You had your Detroit clap hat, you had on your yay, you had a white tee, you had an Alba sign, mm-hmm. you had on some J's. Yeah. yeah. You from Detroit. You from Detroit. Off rip. Mm-hmm. Like, you, <laughs> that's you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was also the D-Boy starter kit. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So what was, like, your first real nod in the fashion game when you felt like you were really acknowledged for what you were doing? Uh, the Tony Braxton job I did. Okay. Uh, Piper Carter, which is she's a photographer from here. She lived in New York for like twenty years. She came back and started working at Shane Park. Tony Braxton had just went through like a bankruptcy or something, and she was doing all these shows after she left Vegas. So she was like, "I had shot with Piper with Miss Corona from Eight Mile." I remember that. Um. So she, we shot. Somebody broke in and stole the picture with her, all her computers and stuff. So we wound up never getting the, um, you know, the images back because it was for like Corona mixtape or a CD EP that she was coming out with. So then she was like, um, she was like, Tony Braxton is on a writer, on her writer. She's the only person that's asked for whoever in Detroit as the wardrobe stylist. Okay. So she like, I couldn't think of nobody else that was even, you know, professional enough to do it will you do it? And I'm like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Of course. But I was nervous because it was like, 
I probably had been working professionally probably like three or four years. Okay. And only thing about Detroit that's not like New York or L.A. is if you don't have – we don't have a showroom. So it's not a place where I can go in and just pull clothing. I have to have – like if you got a store and you got a store, I have to have a relationship with you right. that you could trust me to be like, they ain't finna do shit but stand there and take a picture and then bring it right back. Yeah. Somerset don't really let you do it like that. And a, a lot of the stores out there, you know, so you have to kind of like sh- shuck and jive here in the city to get what you need to get your hand on. But I wound up having, getting some stuff from like Diane Berry. She's a designer here that make all these wonderful gowns. I know Tony Braxton wear gowns. So I got some stuff from her in this store called Spoil Forever. And then my homegirl, um, Shark Lover, that was on Project Runway. Mm-hmm. She let me get whatever I needed. Okay. And then I wound up having a hookup at a shoe store <clears throat> and, um, the shoe people let me get whatever I wanted. So I wound up having, like, high-end stuff and regular, you know, boutique stuff. But it was just a good experience. Like, she, was a, she wasn't a she was a diva. She just was, you know, Tony Braxton. Like, damn, that's really her. I really got to, you know, that was my first big thing. That's mm-hmm. what got everybody like, damn, this nigga worked with Tony Braxton. So that was, like, I knew to kind of, like, take that and run with it. Okay. Like, after that, that was, like, my biggest thing that I did. What was your first time, like, getting paid? Because he said he was working three or four three or four years or whatever at the time. Like, what was like, all right, I'm just a fly nigga, but, like, how do I get paid from doing this shit? Um, I don't know if you know Timothy Paul. No. Uh, he's a photographer from here. He does, like, um, now he does something with, like, the bees to, to keep the, you know, the ecosystem, ecosystem and stuff. Yeah. But he, he real big on that. It's, he get a lot of, like, funding from everywhere because of that. Because it's, like, something with the bees within the city. But... He had a job with that wine from Double XL, um, and it's a guy named Kiat Moy that used to have like this. It was like a broadband website for artists kind of thing, and they were featuring him on Vibe.com. Okay, and Timothy was like, "You know, you need a stylist. I know Marv can do it." And I'm thinking like, "Damn, where the fuck I'm gonna get these clothes from for this nigga?" But I forgot. He was a big dude like me. I'm like, oh, I could put go in my closet and put him in whatever I got. You know, I had just got this YSLT. I put him in that. So I wound up getting paid for that. I okay. think I got paid like 250 or something like that. And it was like my first time having to do like an invoice. And it was like one of my first placements too because it was like maybe 2012. And it was uh, on XXL.com. So it was like one of my first kind of like my okay. first plate placements, my first time getting paid. So yeah, Tim got me into Double XL or Vibe. I'm sorry, Vibe.com. It was on Vibe.com, but yeah, that was probably like 2012. So I always wonder how that worked. Mm-hmm. Like, does like when somebody has a you know some artists just this is my stylist. We travel everywhere together. Mm-hmm. Do they just go and shop for you, and then like you're wearing this, or do I just to your point like you gotta, I gotta have some type of input a on, bunch on of, what I'm putting on? Yeah, a I mean it depends on like if it's like. If you're doing like a, you know, performance, mm-hmm. you would probably I probably would sit with a costumer or a costume somebody that does costume design, um, and then a lot of stuff would be stuff that you buy because when you a wardrobe stylist like, and you dealing with somebody like that on the road, you do everything. Like I have to get your draws, I have to get all your shit because ain't nobody else gonna do it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like I had to take all your dirty shit and get it washed or throw the shit out, whatever you don't want, however big you are. You know what I'm saying? The bigger the artist, the more shit that they be like, you know, they don't like. But um, you you become 
should you be close to the person? You know, that's why you get a lot of people that make you sign the closure, disclosure agreements because, like, I'm a man, man, and if I have to go work with Beyonce, I can't be, like, you know, making her feel uncomfortable yeah. or, you know what I'm saying, whatever. You you have to be professional. So, I mean, it, it works like that. It works like you, you know, you sit with the, like he said, sit with the, with the artist and y'all come up with what it is that y'all trying to do for whether it's like in go see or if it's magazine or you know it's just a, a lot of different things that you you go through sometimes it be costumes sometimes it's regular nike stuff you know sometimes it's whatever but even as an artist even your everyday wear becomes more elevated yeah you know what i'm saying you can't be out and seen in the same yeah. nike jogging suit that you yeah. wore to the breakfast club on thursday but yeah. uh, so just for for instance Fabulous stylist is his wife, Emily B. Yeah. So once you become, that's what's so weird. Once you become really big, you get a lot of stuff for free. Yeah. So it's really about just narrowing down what are your what is your look gonna be for what you what are you doing? Just so happen now, Fab is like always at a at a you know an event or like always you know at a club or doing something with Mr. Rugs or something. So of course you just gonna get the shit first. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If something don't drop for a month. Your stylist job is to get you and keep you on fire. You know what I'm saying? That's my job to keep you on fire. Like I did Vezo. I'm the one put Vezo in the Versace robe. Okay. okay. So this was way before the dude that was fucking with Black China had on the robe. Way before the Peasy dude had it on. Way before the what's the other big guy that's from here? Uh, T Grizzly. T Grizzly. Way before he had it on. So I put Vezo on the robe like right before he went to jail. Wrote the Versace robe because I had just got that Versace deal where I was I'm I'm a personal shopper for Versace too. Okay, so I had just got that. Ring that bell right there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I had just got that. So it was just kind of like a where I did like I think two or three looks with him with Versace stuff, and um, that was for the Pints and You video, and I put him in a robe and made a splash about that. So it's just really about like trying to think a step or two ahead because I. I was thinking like, damn, it'll be dope because they just got the robe in. I'm like, if you know, he got this big ass house in Orchard Lake. He got all these chicks around. You gotta have on a robe with nothing up under it. You know what I'm saying? Or Versace drawers with Versace flip flops and Versace sunglasses. Like that's to me, that's player. That's how I think in my mind. How Biggie would have did it. How Puff would have did it. Yeah, yeah. So I just trying to. I just follow from what I remember from years back because that's in my mind. Yeah, but but like when you say the Versace, that's that's the first thing I think is big in them shit. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What I'm saying that was yeah. that was his look. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, I think that's probably maybe the first fuck around first time I heard the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. or focused in yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Or know knew that it was something big. Yeah, to, to want to have. I knew I couldn't afford it. Right. <laughs> like when I saw Big and hypnotized and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Like I understood the decadence of it, mm-hmm. and that it was. His look was always, you know, he was a big fella, but yeah. he always looked fly. I wonder he was style, always flashy. Who style Biggie? June Gro- Ambrose, I think. No, it was Groovy, Groovy Lou. Groovy Lou? Groovy Lou and Misa did him. Because, like, at that time, like, hip-hop fashion was over baggy jeans, Tims, mm. hoodies, mm. Uh, like, army jackets and shit like that. And then a the nigga just sort of bought yeah, He was getting a lot of pop. stuff. So uh, Groovy was getting a lot of stuff made for him that looked like what it was. So it was easy to get the coochie sweaters because they ran big, but they had to go to like 5,001 Flavors, which is a place in Elder, I mean, in New York. They like make custom clothes for bigger guys or for people, period. Okay. So a lot of Groovy Lou and all of them 
uh, shout out to Groovy Lou, but a lot of them um, knew each other because they all, you know, it's just like New York, and they all know each other. But Groovy Lou and Misa, which is Puff Baby Mama, they worked together to keep Big Fly because he was a big nigga. I think he was like 6'3", you know, almost 300-some pounds, so... You know, they, 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 they made back then, big niggas had less options. Very much. <laughs> so, you know, he had to get a lot of custom. A lot of them leather coats, the red leather coat, that's 5001. I think the black coat was like 5001 flavors, too. So, they, I mean, they still around. They, they're dope, you know, a dope, dope brand. Yeah. But um, they kind of like was after Dapper Dan, they took over. But theirs was more of a, a sleek, not so logo driven. Yeah, but more of what you kind of see everybody like you want a pelly coat, but ain't nobody really wearing pelly coats, and you want to elevate it for a video. It's like they was getting like the pea coats and all of that stuff. I got you. I got you. Right, man. So your ideal um, client to work with would it be somebody who's already big or somebody who's on the come up that whatever you put them in made people be like, oh shit, look at this guy or look at this girl. Um. I don't know. I mean, I would love. I had so about two years ago. I had Nisha and the Shay too. Okay. So I was building her like that, and then it just kind of went right. I won't say left, it because it's not a it's not a bad left, you know. Right. right. Um, she just went another way once she signed with uh who she signed with. But um, so I was building her where I was trying to make her like the hot girl, but still have some kind of like. Funk, under funk tour, mm-hmm. um, but I, I mean I don't know really I don't see no artists that I really want to work with now. I would love to like go on and add on to like uh, Rihanna or like uh, I would I would like to get Floyd Mayweather out of the Mary J Blige boots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm just being honest. I love Floyd man, but uh, that yeah, but that shit wild is sometimes. Though. Um, so just really just trying to you know make these people see that you know. But it's got to be harder to work with somebody like a Floyd. Like, he, he got his mindset yeah. on what the fuck he want to look like and, and what he want to wear. He got all his jewelry and shit from here. Like, he fuck with niggas here. Yeah, I mean, he right up, the, up in Saginaw, Flint, whatever. But it's just like, I want to put on riding boots today. And yeah, but, you, that, but you know me, I'm going to be like, no, nah, dog. Like <laughs> Come on, dog. We we don't, you know, you don't wear no shit we like that. We can't get you with this shit. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I think that's just really with me where I'm – I. I'm so hood, but I so understand the high fashion shit. So I, my style is really a happy medium. It's like Jay say, where hood and high fashion meet. It's like that's me. Like I don't, I don't like the skinny jean stuff, mm-hmm. but I understand it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I understand a tailored fit, not necessarily skinny. Yeah, everybody don't got the body for that shit. Everybody don't have the body for it, and it just look. Niggas try and pull it off. It just look weird. I got. Pause. I got a low. I got a big lower half. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. I got larger legs. Like I can't wear skinny jeans. Yeah. I ran track for you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you, 15 yeah, years. Yeah. Like, but that's that's a black a black. We are naturally bigger. Period. A zero woman model looks like a six, but she's really a zero. You know what I'm saying? So the male models naturally look you know bigger when they usually be smaller. You know what I'm saying? So like you said, like. 
You just we just can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, but a lot of people don't shop for their body type. They shop well, no, they for shop the style. For the style. Because when I see like you was talking about it, and I'm a when I see a nigga like T Grizzly, mm-hmm. man, like bro, your your, your clothes, <laughs> shout look, out, hey, you look, look a mess. He looks look. out cold, and I see him all the time. Duh, did you see Judy posted a a, a picture? Uh, yeah, the, the nigga in the yellow. He's like, what in the T Grizzly? Is <laughs> yeah, this? It, like, it just look like I don't know. I, I'm just not a fan of looking. Uncomfortable. uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? I'm from the 90s. You know, everything wasn't, you know, it was just It like, don't need to be super baggy, but I'm nah, like, but gotta, I'm looking at this shit like, come on, bro. Yeah, gotta, like, you didn't comfortably put those pants on today. Nigga, you had to jump into the bed. <laughs> yeah. You was on the bed with your feet in the air trying to yank them. I mean, because out. here's the thing. A lot of those brands don't go to our size. The, the biggest they may go is to like a 2XL, and a 2XL fits like an extra large. So... You are bigger than all three of us in here, taller and bigger. And you got on these little bitty pants and this little bitty, and then your shoes is big because you wear a 14. You know what I'm saying? Like, and a tight ass shirt. Yeah, your shirt is tight. It, it just don't go. You know what I'm saying? I just wish it would. I'm all for the, you know what I'm saying, the logo shit, but it's just a way to do it. You know what I'm saying? It's a pair of jeans out there that that fit just right. Like, you know, relax with the, <laughs> you know, everybody got the ball main motorcycle jack jean. It's like, what happened to just like me? I'm a Levi dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what happened to a nice pair of Levi's and just I relax? I still rock some Levi's. Yeah, yeah. I still up uh, there. Yeah. I don't need my jeans to be, your jeans too tight, yo. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, I shouldn't be, you know, I shouldn't be able to see nothing on you as a man. Like, Facts. you know what I'm saying? I don't need to see your money in your pocket. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to see nothing. I think it just looked weird to me. When you mention Levi's, do you have some other go to brands that you. Um, you know, like a personal staples for you. Well, this my distress denim label, Genius Denim. I do this. Uh, I've been doing this probably for like 10 years, too. Um, I'm the personal shopper for Versace. I worked at St. John Knit out at Somerset for about 12 months. Just It would have been a year, maybe um, about a, a month ago. Um, I don't know. It, it's just kind of weird because, like, right now for the women, it's more of the boutique kind of clothing with mm-hmm. high-end accessories. Okay. So you see a lot of women with, like, I got my shirt from, you know, Elite Couture, or I got my, you know, whatever, from Shop United Front, and then they belt is like Gucci, or, you know, they got a Chanel bag. So it's kind of, like, up in the air, like, the, the, you know, the older brands are not really dying. They're just not really selling like that because the boutique clothing is winning. You know, everybody just want one-offs. Because they only wearing it really for the gram or for the club, and then that's it. Yeah. It ain't like back in the day when I grandma bought and nice like, slacks and nice shit to make sure they had. And these clothes not even made for you. Yeah, like they don't necessarily want you wearing it. So we're like, so look, I know certain brands made shit for for us. When I say us black folks, mm-hmm. like you get a, a Carl Canai, Carl Canai, a, a forty two. I mean, a, a thirty two waist, but the motherfucking pants was baggy as shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because like we knew. Who was buying this shit? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? During the hip hop era, mm-hmm. during the 2003, the tall T, all the shit was like, all right, I know who, I know who I'm making this shit for. Mm-hmm. Uh, the high end friends, they've been making this shit for white body frames yeah. for quite some time, and we yeah. be squeezing. But what they, what they do is, it's always a black influence. Facts. Like as many runway shows I went to in New York, it's always like a bamboo earring. You know. You'll see the models with baby hair, you know, just shit that you remember from the hood because 
they know that we got the sauce. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and it might not be. It's all a money game, so a lot of times, it, it it's not about a black and white thing. But then it is because it's kind of like we got to make money to make our brands make money. So we gonna take from them and then we gonna market up high. But then we gonna always try to make sure that it's marketed towards them because we know that they gonna do whatever they got to do either to steal it do whatever to get their hands on it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they pump it a certain way, and they're not even pumping it for, you know, this is really 100% leather. It's just more of a name brand. So, like, I've seen a, a few different brands that's throughout the city that, that's, that's, that look nice, that mm-hmm. look dope, but it's just a certain, like, people won't spend a, over a certain level if I know someone locally made it. Yeah, but that goes back to what we were saying in the beginning, that people don't want to do shit until they see somebody else doing it. So you get, like, my homegirl, Mia Ray. She has a Glamaholic tote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's We all started at the same time. I was styling her photo shoots. She had her bags and stuff, and it was like Joe's, Coniana. All of us was, like, mm-hmm. all doing it together, and her bags sell because she has a, a following. You know what I'm saying? Like she has a huge, a, man, a huge following. I remember when she was starting off. Yeah, so she has a huge following. Um, so you, it just I can't really say. It's like you get with people that's like, I mean, District 81. Ty been around for a while, long time. Mm-hmm. He has a huge following, and his stuff is quality. You know, sweatsuits or whatever it is. So I don't like to say like t-shirt brands. I just think sometimes people have to know your movement or that you know that you you know. You serious? I can't really talk bad about me being a wardrobe stylist here in Detroit because I've had good work here. You know what I'm saying? Magazine artists, you know that I've dealt with, so people know you know who I am too. So it's just that kind of thing. Um, but you know, you just you. I think it's just that. I think it's just waiting for the right person to wear the stuff, so that Detroiters can be like, "Oh, that's fresh," instead of just automatically knowing. You mm-hmm. know, now all the young boys is. Fab is the one. So it's like if you can get something on Fab, then you probably go win. But, you know, or somebody at a podcast like this or somebody, you know, that they they that, that they respect to be like, this is the new wave. You know, that's right. just how it, how it is with these new. If you can get your teenage nephews and them to like it, yeah. more than likely they'll like it. You're that stylist. Send me all your clothes. Right. A rock for free. Right. <laughs> uh, small for the, fee. For the small moment. Fee. <laughs> right. Well, for the moment. Yeah. Right. Small fee. Yeah. Actually, we do got a uh, uh, some shit. I'm working out with a with a with a brand. Okay. Who want to be our official uh, brand? S- send me some shit. Yeah. yeah. Send me some shit. Yeah. Y'all might want to get with um. Damn. Um. I know a whole bunch of motherfuckers, but. Uh, it's the stores right here on Southfield. It's a men's store, but you might want to get Samir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, you might yep. want to get with Samir's store. She sell men. She got a men's clothes store. Okay. Um. Uh, you got, of course, AYV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kool Aid. Yeah. Um. Trying to think of who it's a whole bunch of uh, uh Bracy with Lightyear. Light up year, light year. You're gonna kill me, but yeah, I wear his stuff. Um, it's a whole bunch of oh, I like Justin Bobby T's. You, you up on mm-hmm. him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's a lot of different people that's that's dope. That's from here. Hey, man, I'm open to whatever. Cause yeah, we the the brand is starting to get bigger. Yeah, we yeah. starting to get stronger. Yeah, and we starting to be out there more. And, yeah. uh man, we in all different type of events doing interviews. Yeah. So the, the 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 dope thing is about it. Like, so we be in different joints just doing interviews or whatever. So I mean, we post it up on our social media. But these artists who are in the video too, they post on their social media because just the, some of the first time they get an interview. Yeah, yeah. So they keep posting that shit. It's like, well, what's what shirt my man got on? Mm-hmm. What's Because I, I got these one jogger pants that everybody like, hey, where, where you get that from? Where you get that oh, from? Oh, Fred's joints. Yeah, them shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Fred with uh, Di, um, Di, Di Rich. Rich. Okay. Got a, uh, I, did a, uh, I did a photo shoot for them, actually. Okay. In the green room. So some nice stuff coming up, dog. Some real dope shit coming up. That's what's up. Yeah, that's dope. I mean, I don't know. Detroit got so much talent. I can't say that we don't stick together. I just think that. We just have to we gotta vocally make, say shit. You know what I'm saying? Like We got to make our shit cool. Yeah, we have to make our shit cool. And because but, guess what happens? You get somebody like me, ain't getting the work I'm supposed to be getting. I leave from here. I get an artist. I'm giving them all of the shit that I know from here. So it makes the artist look like they from Detroit yeah. or they got a Detroit nigga making them fresh. And I used to tell the people all the time here, like, y'all, Detroit people lose people because y'all don't do what y'all supposed to do for y'all people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm here in Michigan. It's a million magazines here. I shouldn't have to email y'all a million times to get me to, to come in and style y'all right. photo shoots when y'all shit look horrible. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then when I come in and it's like, oh, we had the best cover. Your work was good. It's like, okay, we'll call them back. Oh, well, we, okay. You know what I'm saying? So it's just kind of like you just get that. You gotta pay. Yeah, you yeah. Gotta, to be to be looked at in a different way, you gotta put the money behind. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's been a common theme for even our last couple guests. Uh, we had my man last week, the videographer. Uh, I don't want to mess his name. Oh, Road Days on. Yeah, when he was talking about doing off air, when we was talking about doing videos for mm-hmm. artists that you know he started for the love and like niggas was lowballing. Mm-hmm. Now he got these corporate sponsors and yeah. they got you know forty fifty thousand dollar budgets yeah. and. I don't have to deal with I don't you and to, your yeah. hundred fifty dollars. That that shit anymore. don't do it after no more. Like after a while, you kind of be like, I, you know, I had a I had an artist that somebody reached out to me and they kind of was like, you know, we want to work with you again and yada yada yada. And it's like, if you don't have a budget, you can't have Louboutins if you don't have a budget. You know what I'm saying? Like Nima Marcus don't give a shit about you being who you think you are. They don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like if you don't have no money, you're not getting it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it ain't no. Go see if you can pull or get what it you can get, and we can do. No, it ain't. If you don't have nine hundred dollars for the shoes you want, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I'm saying? Like it just the, <laughs> they want you to work a miracle. No, you can't do that. You work know what I'm a saying? miracle with a with a no. Nah. What my with the uh, you know they got a caviar mindset yeah. and McDonald's budget, but that ain't how it you know realistically go. You know what I'm saying? Like those bigger brands, only time they're gonna let you pull clothing. Is if you are shooting for a magazine, and then even then, they want they shit listed in the magazine. You know that's all the shit you see in the magazine. You know what I'm saying? They get per diem or props. If if I mess up some shit, then the company got to pay for it on my behalf. You know what I'm saying? Like I had did a magazine. I did a ambassador magazine that used to be here, Dennis Archer Junior. Magazine. Yeah, I remember that. I did two issues. One like summer and then one um holiday and the holiday issue I had like sixty thousand dollars worth of shit 
and I had jewelry, shoes. I had all kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? And just to walk in and even Marcus and Saks and Gucci and be like, I'll take that. I need that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's just kind of like they were like, you know, I was even more, you know, like kind of nervous because I had to make sure the shoes and shit was taped up and one to come back, you know, messed up. So it's just like if if you ain't doing it for a magazine, they don't care nothing about. It. Ain't no coming to pool. I mean, you I gotta have that money. My, I want to see my mixtape cover. Yeah, it's like, well, how much money you got? We go, we can go shopping. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I go shopping with you, even if you don't think I'm gonna bring you back what you want. I go shopping with you. You still gotta pay me. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So, so they gotta pay pay for the clothes and then pay you for your services. Oh, of course. Yeah, time That's is a, money. It's time is money. I'm a creative consultant, and I ain't gonna have you looking bad. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit if you still like Steve Harvey shoot suits. I'm gonna make sure oh, you get the best one. The best damn. You know what I'm saying? Harvey. Hey man, I wore a Steve Harvey suit in a wedding. Once. Yeah, the chopper suit on. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, the, the bitch had P. like twenty seven buttons. Yeah, a master peep uh, about it, about it. Oh man. That's funny, dog. This is the worst suit I own. We got the suits for $40 a piece. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course. I've been seeing that on my Instagram. And I paid $39 too much. (laughs) Wow. Uh, So let's talk about Genius Denim. You've been doing that for about 10 years, you say. Yeah. How'd that start off? Explain to what it is and how it started off. So Genius Denim is my um, jean denim, distressing denim brand. It just started out from me doing, I always liked it, my pants with holes and distressing in them. Or a little more than what I was seeing yeah. out at the time, because like y'all said, about ninety nine to two thousand and three, it was starting to change from like the jiggy area to like more back to baggy. But that was like the the Jim Jones. Yeah, um, like yeah. kind of like I wasn't really feeling that, so I was kind of dressing more high end European still. So I just would always have rips and distressing in my pants, and people would kind of be looking like, where you get them pants from? You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. And it just was like, it went from there. I remember um, I would do it to my own pants. Then Aaliyah Rock the Boat video came out, and her and all the girls had them on. So then my guy's sister, which is Chrissy's best, which is Mia's best friend. Okay. Her name is Chrissy. She asked me, we used to all go to T. Woods, Terrence Woods parties. Yeah, I remember. And we used to all go to his parties. It would be like me, Mia, Joe, you know, like all – Ty, all of us, we, you know, are in our early 20s, 25, and we would go, and she was like, I don't want you to just fuck up my jeans. And um, I just did it, and then it went from that to her tagging me on Facebook, and then girls was like, I want my pants like that. Where you get them pants from? What do you do to them? And this was way before. Now you see everybody with rips and hoes. Right, but right. This was like 10 years ago, and it just started from there. And I started doing men's and women's, and now I got caps. Detroit I had fanny shit. packs. Yeah. So, Yeah. It's just like go from a hustle to, you know, I was just trying to, like, I worked retail for so many so many years, and I always wanted to do my own thing. I had more fun dressing the mannequins than dressing <laughs> the people. And it was just like, you know, putting looks together and just always being creative, want to be, you know, keep myself elevated with the fashion shit. So. Okay. Would you prefer styling, men or women? Or do it matter? Um, I started out styling men because my cousins and them was rapping. Okay. And it really was just I would put them in my clothes because I didn't have access to pull from a store. But I had so much clothes of my own and they was all big like me that it was easy to be like you wear the black pelly, you wear the blue one, you wear, you know, 
you put these products on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You could wear these ballets, but I would be so kind of like, bring my shit back. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I spent so much money. I had so much, but it was still kind of like, don't be at the club fighting my shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, like, y'all yeah. just was saying so. And I was a little bit old. I'm like five years older than them. So this was like 2007. I'm like 27. They like 22. Oh, yeah, they wild. So they was really like, I get my coat, it'd be like a burn and something. You know what I'm saying? They smoking, you know, all kind of <laughs> shit. But they was, they knew they'd be like, damn, you know, we literally like, we don't want that shit at the mall, nigga. We going to come to your house because we know you got a walk-in full of all the fly shit. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's, I don't know. I, men is easier because it's really like, put this on, put this on. All right. Women is more detailed. You got to know the body shapes. All the, yeah, all the accessories. So women came more of a, out of, um, it being like a challenge. Okay. Like, oh, I wonder, can I do, you know, do women? But it was like, it was easy because I had so many female friends that was fly. And then my grandmothers and aunts and them was fly, older cousins. So it's just a, it's just a creative thing where I always challenge myself. Like, men is easy, but then you might, I might have to do some hood with a Vezo. Then I might turn around and get asked to do something for an agency. So it's just about making it like hood and then making it clean and then still cleaning up the hood to where it's not looking too like Grashen and, you know, Florence, you know what I'm saying? And then, but still putting a little spin on it. So, okay. so I, people that want to contact you that want to pay for your services, <laughs> where can they find you at, Marv? Um, they can find me at uh, www.marvneal.com. That's my portfolio and website. Um, if they want anything Genius Denim, they can find it at www.geniusdenim.com. And um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, everywhere is Marv Neal. Okay. Yep. And like I said, to, who want to pay for services. Right, right, Thanks. right. Because Marv ain't doing shit for you for free nah, or for the love. Nah, shit is over. Yeah. That shit been done. Yeah, man. Done, done. Like, it's certain things that, uh, you know, sometimes all opportunity don't have a check attached. No, nah, at all. But. I'm uh, all for uh, um, I'm all for a barter if the barter is good. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm all for, like, I met some of my best, like, Lauren. Uh, Lola, Lola B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, we met because she needed me to style her photo shoots for her Lola B stuff. And it was kind of like, well, I don't have the money. I know that you're going to charge me, but, you know, I can do this, can this, and that. With people so, who or, no, it was just like, I can do your, you know, I can do your cards. I can do your this. And it was like, that was the shit that I needed. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That I didn't have the money to pay for. My business cards, flyers for Instagram and social media. This was like four or five years ago. So I'm all for a barter if it's gonna make sense for both of us. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you gotta pay your people yeah. before they find a new client base. Yeah. Don't say they don't have they don't have no problem paying. Yeah. yeah. So don't say like y'all niggas don't fuck with like no, I need to pay bills. Yeah. Like you know I mean you can't you can't see what's what it is is here is and it's a bunch of dope wardrobe stylists that's here, not just me. It's a whole lot of guys and girls that's on to come up. And I know that they sit and watch what I do, and I hope that they surpass whatever it is. It That's what it's supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? It ain't supposed to be just about one person. But you can't be trying to lowball these stylists or think somebody's supposed to go get all these clothes and you only come with $150. That shit ain't cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you want thousands and thousands of dollars worth of clothes, you coming with $150, that ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? Like $150 is gas money and your food, really, nowadays. And then that, so you want me to leverage my connections that I've already and that's, established and yeah. for $150? Yeah, and then fuck up that you might 
come with some cologne and perfume on with like you going to the club. This ain't the club, nigga. You supposed to be taking a picture. Go put this shit on and stand still. You see what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you want to be all in your video. Like, hey, relax. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, it's just a whole lot. These ain't your clothes. These ain't your clothes. You burn these. You know what I'm saying? And if I had a real contract from a studio, if I make you sign a contract and you fuck up, your studio and your people going to pay for it. Yeah. I'm not paying for this shit. You know what I'm saying? I've told plenty of models that, sh- that shit before. Hey, chill with the baby oil, baby. This ain't, you ain't going to the club. Stand there. We'll do that in post. We'll do that in energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, you know, we'll get them elbows yeah, and everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you just, you know. For this shit, fuck around, be yours for real. Oh, right? yeah. I tell them, you must want an invoice. No, I want them, okay. Stand still. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Relax. You know, stand right here and be a model. That's you know, Mar, the first time I kind of, you know, me and you kind of been communicate back and yeah. forth through Instagram, probably since earlier than year. But, like, yeah. the first time I, like, really heard your name and like people speaking good on you was through Judy. Uh, oh, okay. You know, I was yeah. looking at I was looking at some of her pictures, and she had just you know spoke real highly that she had like a fashion show, and you just kind of helped her out of nowhere, like yeah. she didn't have nothing or yeah. really no real direction, and you mm. just kind of stepped in and helped out. And then like I would see, you know, we comment on different posts, mm. start start to follow them back and forth. So it's nice to finally you know make the connection and yeah. the ends meet. Man. We just shot earlier today. Um, me and her did. Okay. I I, I play photographer sometimes just because oh, I know. That's going to be my next question if you shoot. Yeah, I shoot from time to time. I got a camera, but I don't have, like, no place to, you know, to shoot. But, like, if she called and be like, dog, what you doing today? And then, okay, well, let's shoot. I got, you know, this week go shooting and then go eat Thai food, talk, crack shit, talk shit, and then that be that. Okay. So, I mean, um, I'm always here to help because I didn't have nobody to help me, really. And then the people that did help me was, like, Shar, Mia, you know, we all helped each other because we were all on the come up. Mm-hmm. So I know how it is for these stylists that's here in Detroit to, that's why if they reach out to me, I don't act funny. You know what I'm saying? I don't act like I can't tell them what to do. You know what I'm saying? Or where to go or what to look for. That's I can crazy. only tell you what I can tell you. What crazy is that group that y'all started out together mm-hmm. doing fucking excellent. Yeah. 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 Like all of them. Yeah. Which Mia, is Joe, Ty, yeah. everybody. Everybody doing good. Yeah, we all, we all do. We but all when do. you help each other, when you work in a with that type of spirit that I want to see you win. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not me versus you. Like, yeah. if you win, then eventually I'm going to win with this shit. Yeah. When it's not that crab in the bucket we, mentality. When you do things the right way. Yeah. yeah. When you don't cut corners. Yeah. It's a lot of people who've been cutting corners or do shady business and shit like that. Like, like with me, I'm not the kind of stylist that, like, I don't want a really a clothing line per se. I don't even really want a store. So I have to sometimes let the store owners know, like, hey, I'm coming to pool. I'm not trying to sell, sell your shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to come in and change your shit around. You know, you just have to kind of, you know, I think over the years they kind of know now, like, you know, I'm going to bring come get this shit on Friday night. I have my shoot Saturday morning. I'll bring it back Sunday, and it's going to look like it was sitting on the rack the same way. You know what, what I'm saying? Sure. So it's just that type of thing. It was really about building relationships. Mm. That's every that's that's life mm. in general. Yeah, because I I don't I don't think I put much thought into how that actually worked. Yeah, because I when I think about stylists, I always thought about record labels, big budgets. I figured they just went and bought a whole. Bunch I mean, of shit. a lot of stuff you do when you got a budget like that. Yeah. But if but if I know, so if I'm dealing with an artist, I'm a, I'm gonna tell you the real secrets and hopefully people that you tag a lot of stylists. But the what the real thing is and what I learned from the old heads like Misa June. Groovy Lou, Atiba, and all the, all the people that's in New York that I watch coming up, you are the middleman. So whatever it is that I have to do, 
if I get a budget. So if you contact me and say, well, we shooting this big whatever, whatever, and I got this budget, then you might, I might not even, you might not even ask for a Rolex. But if I know this going to pull off the look that you get, and I know you got a Rolex and you my brother, I'm going to be like, I need to see your watch for this day. Whether you cuss me out and be like, bitch, bring my shit back and, you know, whatever, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But if I could, the more I can get my hands on, if it's something of mine that I can that you can fit that's brand new, I'm gonna bring it because it's all about pulling the look off. It's not about it's all about a facade. That's all it is. It's about the makeup for your body. You know what I'm saying? The hair yeah. makeup shit for your body. It ain't really about where you got it from. It's about pulling off a look. So whatever it is that you got to do to pull off a look, whether it's you know, so what you gonna do when Balmain say they not gonna let you pull the clothes? You and your artist or somebody want this whole Balmain look. You can't get this ten thousand dollar coat. So what you gonna do about it? You gonna try to find a coat that's closer. You know what I'm saying? You gonna try to find a look that's close to what you suppose that what you put up on this chart board that this is the yeah. look you gonna do. You know what I'm saying? So it's just all of it's all an image. It's not a, a facade, but. Sometimes you get a budget where you, like I said, you might have a $60,000 budget. Then you might not have no budget. You know what I'm saying? You might get a call the day before a shoot. I might get a call tonight and a shoot tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? So it's just all about, it's a hustle. It's a it's the maximum hustle. People in Detroit just don't really respect it or know about it because it's everybody from Detroit be fly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In their minds, they do. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? But everybody from here, you know, you just go to the mall and you go shopping. We don't have a nightlife like it was at one point or a big hub of like L.A., New York, where you walk up the street and you see LeBron James. Like, LeBron James? You know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. at the restaurant and Beyonce and them sitting over in the corner, you got security. You're like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? So, Because if you if you knew when you went out to eat, you may see Beyonce or some star, you would probably dress differently. Yeah, but yeah. then you will contact a stylist. Yeah. Because in L.A., it's regular motherfuckers that's contacting a stylist to be like, I need you to give me some clothes because I'm going to this regular, like a T-Woods out there to they basketball people party, but they got the money to do whatever they want to do. I feel you. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it's it's a service. It's just that people don't know that you gotta pay for it. It yeah. ain't like you gonna just keep inboxing me all day about your goddamn son baby shower. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, goddamn. I need know? a new Burberry need, shirt. Yeah, yeah, I need my Burberry. God damn, bitch. <laughs> and like them uh them big ass sneakers, yeah. the dad big ass dad shoes. Yeah. Shit, ugly bro. ass shoes. <laughs> not here, not ever. Yeah, man. Give, ugly. Me, give me your socials and shit one more time, man. Um www.marvneal.com that's my portfolio um and where you can see all my work and my latest everything um for anything purchased denim wise it's www.geniusdenim.com that's j e a n o u s denim.com okay but about time for the you got to um I did have a music pick for the week cuz yeah. I forgot we forgot to get a music pick and whose man's is this last week. Yeah, it was kind of a mashup episode. You, you know, know we, we still owe the people. So my music pick for the week, my man Mo Dirty dropped a new visual for a song Jumping Jack. Uh the video's already out on YouTube. I know it's available on all streaming platforms. It's a friend of the show, my day one homie. He continues to put out Man, you know, quality had, music. You know, I had that song in my email for quite some time. When he first came on, yeah, uh, he sent them like them three joints. I've been listening to that shit for a long time. Yeah, that but now he fire. finally, now he finally got the visuals behind it. So I'm, I want to make sure he get. I'm talking about that shit fire though. Yeah. <laughs> so my I dog putting out quality music, so I yeah. fucks with him. Not just because he's the homie, but I mean he's actually putting out quality shit. I mean, I got homies who put out trash music. It yeah. happens. It happens quite often. But you got to tell them. Yeah. 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 You got to. Not this one, fam. Yeah. Nah, dog. 
We got we, we don't no, got one. We, nah. <laughs> we don't got one. Sorry. What does yeah. that mean? I keep saying like make this your last studio session. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put that money towards them babies. Yeah. All right, man. Whose man's is this? So whose man's is this this week is going to Pete Davidson. You know who Pete Davidson is? The comedian. He's a comedian. He's also a piece of shit. He recently uh broke up with Ariana Grande, didn't he? No. Let me give you the backstory. So you know Ariana Grande used to date Mac, Mac Miller. Miller. Right. Yeah. Um, and they they broke they ended their relationship sometime this year. Right before he died, right. And shortly after that, she started dating Pete Davidson. Like a month later, she talking about they getting engaged and shit. Yeah. So all she got a song named after him on her new album. She crazy. I don't care. Too. I'm not even li- I'm not listening to her music. This is the issue. Mac Miller's family went through his cell phone and they found that Pete Davidson sent pictures of himself and Ariana Grande, very intimate pictures of himself to Mac Miller. Um, I guess to, to, as if to say, like, it's never gone. Yeah. And about a week later, Mac Miller was gone. Damn. Wow. Like, Pete Davidson. He was in love with her, though. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Pete Davidson, you a piece of shit. Like, you are. Is that the guy that was, like, doing Kanye or something? With the um the Made in America, yeah, movie. okay, yeah, on Saturday yeah. Night Live, He's on Saturday Night Live, like you a piece of shit and you a whole ass nigga, and I don't like you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I, I genuinely have a disdain for you. You like you're not that funny to me. Um, I only liked you because you was cool with a circle of people who I do like, and y'all was friends with them. You know what I'm saying? So he run with like Andrew Schultz and Charlemagne and them friends and whatever. Uh, he is a depressed man. He has he be like he's not that funny to me, and you a whole ass nigga. And if that had anything to do with any kind of depression he was going through, or anything that Mac may have been taking, like dog, what the fuck is you doing? What kind of whole shit is that? That so Ariana Grande found out about that shit, and that's why they're not together no more. She done him because you she found out that you because Mac Miller's family informed her, like your man's sending pictures of y'all together. To his phone, like what kind of whole shit is that? Like who man? I, who mans is this? Who gonna, who gonna stand up and say, "Yeah, that's my man, that's my guy"? I understand how breakups work. You know, sometimes you can be in love with a woman, it don't work, she move on. But like, you don't have to rub the shit in my face. You know why, what I'm saying? Why am I your new on, nigga? Don't have to rub that shit in my face. I ain't never focusing on anybody that my my current girl used to be with. What yeah. kind of shit? What kind of manly or unmanly shit is that? Yeah. But it's kind of always like the ha 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 up you one kind of thing where that industry, from what I've seen just working behind the scenes, is no different than neighborhood shit that we go through. Mm. So it's kind of like. Because the industry is such a small thing. It's a circle. small thing and they all mess with each other. Just like how it is here in Detroit where it's like, oh, she dances such and such. You know, my cousin fuck with her. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just that it's the same. Oh, she got this amount of followers. I'm about to DM her and now y'all fucking around. So it's the same kind of. Shit, where it's the small circle of people that deal with each other, and it's just like, you know, you you just got to pick and choose, you know, what you got to do. And then he he Mac Miller has to pick and choose, like, you know, this bitch don't want you no more, fucker. You know what I'm saying? But everybody don't deal mm-hmm. like how I might deal or you might yeah. deal. And from my understanding, like Matt never responded back and no shit. But like, even if they don't have nothing to do with that, like you just a hope for doing that shit. Mm-hmm. On some sneaky shit. Like, nigga, I didn't tell you to do that. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, because now you 
even with that, you exposing her. Facts. Yeah. Like you sending intimate pictures of us to somebody mm-hmm. else. Like that's some that's just a as a human being, you're not being a good human, dog. That's some low shit. It is. And you yeah. a whole ass nigga. Who manages this? All right, I'm cool with that one. Yeah. I ain't got that's nothing. Not, that's a good one. I ain't got nothing to throw with that. Uh is it time for the Benny? Yes, sir. Uh okay. Uh hold on, let me pull it up real quick because tomorrow is the second anniversary of uh Everyday Ignorance. They invited me out to host their two-year anniversary of Pump Pump Bar Shoe Boutique uh, out in Oak Park. I don't know what I'm going to be doing, but I'm going to be there hosting that bitch. That's what's up. So, That's dope. Yeah. Shout uh, out to my homegirl, Nina, Ignorant Cocktails, Everyday Ignorance on a two-year anniversary and having your mans out there to host. I'm looking forward to just having a good time and getting slightly washed <laughs> on a Saturday afternoon. Man, I really wanted to come out there too, dog. Uh I don't I get off tomorrow like at four. I was gonna shoot out there, but I'm supposed to uh our homie Fred from um Die Rich is doing he's launching a new YouTube joint and he's doing like a um little round table discussion with a couple with a couple people. Okay. Uh, and he wants me to sit in on that. So we're gonna be filming that. Shout tomorrow. out to the homie Fred. I ran into Duke like a few weeks ago. I called a I was downtown. I was downtown with Judy. Yeah. And uh Took a took a lift back to the crib. Called the lift. Who pull up? Duke Dollars. That's what's up. So and, shout out to my man Duke. And uh, it's a record that drops next week with Duke on there. That Fred, you know, he's putting an album out. Um, you know, Fred don't rap or anything. Yeah. He's DJ Khaled at the album, so to speak. Oh, okay, that's dope. Um, man, it's a good record, and it's not necessarily like rap music, so to speak. Okay, it got a. This shit sound like. Like, it need to be in the movie. Like, I can see a scene going on while this shit playing. It's a dope record. Duke is on there. Um, it's really dope. And um, the little, I guess the discussion is going to be about that song, why that song was so powerful. And um, I'm interested in doing it. So shout out to Fred. Shout out to Die Rich, Duke Dollars, all that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Air Week is Dame Going Wild, Twitter, Instagram, anything that matters. Uh, follow Shop Talk Podcast. On uh, Instagram, Shop Talk Podcast Studios. I'm Jay Johnson, 313 on everything that matters. I'm not saying we're the Rockefeller podcast, but we are Jay and Dame. Hell yeah. Peace.